Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Today, we're going to talk about rock bottoms and spiritual awakenings, what they are and our personal experience navigating through them. Oh, hello there. Hi. (laughs) It's our first sighting. I know. It's our first actual podcast episode. I know. It's been a long time coming. Hasn't it ever? Uh, Well, I think, you know, we landed on this topic because this is really where it all started for both of us. Yeah, it's... uh... It's crazy because when I think about my journey with my spirituality, it's only really been over the last three years. You know, I grew up in an atheist home. Like we had, there was no religious beliefs. um, There was no practice religion. There was no spirituality, none of that. And it's so interesting. I remember as a little girl laying in bed at night. And now I realize this is probably part of my anxiety, but thinking to myself, what comes after this? Like, Mm. like, is this it? Like I used to have the worst anxiety at night thinking like I would get into these, into this thought of like eternity. And it used to just scare me so much of like, but this can't be it. And so I knew at a really young age, there was like a deep nudge within me that this wasn't it. And you know, it wasn't until I hit a really deep rock bottom in my life a few years ago that I was really, I mean, the best way to explain it is broken open. Hmm. Um, and I think through that process, not, I think I know in that process that I connected perhaps for the first time to my soul on such a deep level and started to really dig into my intuition Um, And it was from this place that I really, I really began to create such a, such a strong and healing spiritual practice within myself and in my life. Wow. And would you say that like being broken open, like that was really the first time you'd truly probably connected with yourself. Like, I feel like so many people just drive through life on autopilot. They're not listening, talking with themselves, because I think we sometimes think that's somewhat crazy. Yes. (laughs) But then when you actually have a moment of silence, maybe your life's broken open on the floor, you actually begin to like hear yourself and understand yourself for probably the first time. You know, it, it truly was about this rock bottom that I experienced, which, you know, we'll get into is it was the catalyst that forced me to look at all my shit Mm. and really look at all the layers of pain that were, that were on top of my soul that were, that were blocking my intuition. Right. And, and I think the other piece around this was control that I got to such a place in my life where I had no control anymore despite how much I was trying to control. And it was in that process of learning how to surrender that my spirituality was truly born. Mm. And I I think too, we need to almost sort of talk about what spirituality even looks like for people, because again, like when you're in it and you're experiencing it, you can understand it. But I think for a lot of people, at least myself in my experience, when I first sort of heard the term, I just thought it was like another form of religion. 
yes, you can have all the practices like the cards and the meditation and crystals and all of these great things that can really complement a spiritual practice. But I think it is a way of being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you nailed that. You know, yeah, like like what because I know for you, we've had very different paths to our to to our spiritual, you know, awakenings or our spirituality or our practices now. But like, what do you what would you say in that sense? Um, because yours looks a little bit different than mine has. Like I actually grew up um, fully sort of immersed in Christianity and both of my parents like were not religious, but that was sort of something that I found on my own through some other like kids in high school. There was like youth groups and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like for a while, I think it was what I needed to feel like the sense of belonging, the sense of there is something else like hope um, coming from mm-hmm. sort of the childhood that I did. Uh, but you know, it never fully resonated for me. So I think also maybe because of that, when I had started to first sort of learn a bit more about spirituality, I thought, ah, oh, this is just going to be like that. Um, and, and, and I think I have read in places like people can actually help to spiritually awaken you. And I'd say for myself, like that was you because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started to get really curious. Well, what, what do you mean you're healing yourself through spirituality? What does that look like? And how does mm-hmm. that happen? And this is something that I've really learned on my journey is that we are souls having a human experience, mm-hmm. you know, and I think this isn't meant to be easy per se. And <laughs> that's the truth, <laughs> right? And that actually it's in those challenges. It's in those really hard pieces that we go through in this human experience that if we can dig into our soul and our light and our, and that infinite love that's within us, that is, that is the point. Souls having a, having a journey in this human life. That's what I've come to know. Well, speaking about like challenges and, and digging into those, you obviously, as you mentioned, came from sort of more of an atheist unreligious background. And now you would say like, you have a spiritual practice. Can we should explain to everyone how that even happens because it's obviously hasn't just happened for you and I, there's tons of people around the world that have sort of now taken on this, this spiritual being, spiritual practice and what typically leads us there. And obviously it's part of the title for the podcast today it is a rock bottom. Mm. Um, and it's, it's very human of us that we would need something like that to sort of awaken us or change our perception of things. And so do you want to dig into maybe what a rock bottom could look like? So if anyone listening wonders like, well, have I, have I been there? I've been through some tough times. Um, cause it can come in all different forms. And, and most likely I'd say almost everyone listening has probably experienced it at some time or another. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I think maybe multiple times, right? Like <laughs> I think about like all these rock bottoms that I've had, and I'm like, And they're going to, well, the thing is though, like, I think once you start to understand what a rock bottom is and you can start to see the, the, not the warning signs, but the indicators, Mm -hmm. then maybe you don't have as many more in your life. Because what I've come to see is that, um, it almost, it's, it's like the, the universe's way of showing us that we're not in alignment. Right. And that this, this starts within right? Like Mm -hmm. these these are like the gentle whispers that we start to feel within ourselves. Although 
sometimes we don't notice those if we're completely disconnected from who we are, Mm -hmm. which was me. Like when we do get into our rock bottoms, that, that was me in mine was that I was so disconnected from who I truly was that I was missing those whispers. I was missing those little nudges. And then it becomes, you know, a, a push here or there, like, like, maybe this isn't working or, or maybe this isn't the right path. And then, and then you get kind of like more of a push here or there. And then if you keep, if if you continue not to listen, it becomes like a full on earthquake in your life. Yeah. Like a magnitude two to eight on the Richter scale. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think I, I have come to believe that this is where we get these huge health complications mm. or these explosions in our relationships where it's like, where did that come from? Right. I'm sure you can, you can identify <laughs> with that piece. Right. Or it's like these things where it's like, we are so earthquaked and we're like, where did that come from? But mm. if we trail that back, we can see that there were actually oh, I love that. Yeah. or a nudge or a push. And then all of a sudden we get to this point and we wonder why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think once you're kind of through it, at least even mm-hmm. once, cause it can definitely happen again, you, mm-hmm. you so easily can look back and see all those dots. It's like, connect the dots. It's like, Oh, I see that the small shakes started happening here. I didn't listen. I continued with my old patterns because old patterns are familiar to us and they provide a sense of safety and security. So we typically continue on the path we're already on. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's almost like we get blindsided. Like, how did I just lose my job? How did I just get diagnosed with this? How did my marriage just fall apart? Oh, it, it actually happened quite gradually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you just, you just weren't tuning in. And we think that, Oh, okay. This doesn't feel in alignment or this isn't really working. So I'm going to do this, just this little decision. Like I'll just change it a little bit, but I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. It's just, it's just so interesting because we resist the change we know we need to make. And it's through that resistance that it only gets worse. Yeah. But if we were to just choose to step into that resistance, even though it's, it's uncomfortable, if we were choose to, to step into that change, that's actually how we get back in alignment and we prevent mm-hmm. the rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was Carl Jung who sort of coined the term spiritual awakening or whatever mm-hmm. it was, but saying that uh, like basically coming back to our original self, right? Mm, and and that. all of those those nudges and those little feelings you're getting inside are are really trying to nudge you back to that original self. And the problem is is you know a lot of those memories get locked away and you don't even know them and then you've become this person in your late adolescence or or adulthood and you think this is always how you've been. This is your personality. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you begin to go through this sort of practice and you uncover like actually those were like mask layers that I was putting on to feel safe, secure, or whatever I lacked in the, in those childhood years, however I was programmed to be. And so a lot of people don't even know who they actually are. So getting back to that place becomes almost this, this journey without a map. Yeah. And, and, and in regards to those layers that you talk about, you know, it reminds me how children, children are so deeply intuitive and they are Mm -hmm. so connected. And like, you know, we see kids, uh, my theory is when we see kids that say they have a uh, imaginary friend, mm, I, I, I would be willing to bet that they're, they're tapped into the spirit world at that point. Right. And, and I think it's just so cool to see children, most children that are just so open and free and authentically themselves. And then, yeah, life happens, <laughs> programming happens, conditioning, pain, trauma. And we just get all of these layers that just, you know, 
they, they form on top of us. And, Mm -hmm. and like you said, we get so far away from who we authentically are. And so it's a process of remembering, Yeah, you know, it's a process of coming home to ourselves again. And that, that was it for me was that, that was how my spiritual connection was truly born was, was in that process of de-layering, deconditioning, working through all my trauma and healing that I came home to my authentic self again. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about that, like in getting into rock bottom. So could you in a way sort of describe like what that was like for you, what the sort of situation was that sort of compounded on itself to sort of break you open on the floor, as you mentioned earlier. My rock bottom occurred a few years ago. Um, I was a new mom, you know, Max was almost two when Zoe was born And, you know, after Zoe was born, I just found myself in this place of, I just had no control of my life Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, You know, count on motherhood to do that for you. Right. (laughs) Uh, And coming from someone who I, 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 my whole life had control, whether it was a good control or not, I that was one thing I was good at was having control of everything. I had control of how much I achieved the money I saved. Like I just was a control freak, Mm -hmm. um, which in hindsight, I can now see that that was a way of a protective mechanism to deal with my trauma. Right. Um, and so I got to this point as a new mom where like, I had no control, right. I had a little, a little, child, like Max was almost two. And, and he, he had quite the personality, like he was not going to be controlled and paired with a newborn baby. And I was just, I was drowning. And, you know, I, I soon realized that, um, I'd struggled with anxiety my whole life. Well, my anxiety hit the highest point I've ever experienced in my life during that time. Um, I, I can now see I was in depression and started to have suicidal thoughts. Like my life had just completely unraveled and I was, I was not who I thought I had been my whole life, right? It was a complete rock bottom. And I found myself laying on the floor, having no fight left in me, like no fight for the first time. I did not know what to do. In, in, in what way to control this, to get myself out of whatever I was experiencing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must've been pretty unnerving. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this, you and I, like this control freak thing. Like it's, it's the biggest nightmare when you to oh. not have control. Whew. I mean, like, as long as we have a plan to get out of it and control our way out of it, we'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There was no plan. And, and everything, exactly. every bandaid I tried to put on the wound that I felt was not working, you know, mm-hmm. and there was no way for me to control it anymore. And, and in that, in that moment, I remember I was laying on the ground in my bedroom and sobbing sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And I, and I remember looking up at the ceiling and being like, and remember that I was, I had zero beliefs at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was looking up at the ceiling and I was like, if there is anything out there, please help me. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. I give up. Fully surrendering. Full surrender. Mm -hmm. 
which I now can see, right, that that this was what was required in order for me to really start to move forward. I had to let go of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not an easy feat for someone like you or I. <laughs> no, no, right? And and you know, it 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 was in that moment that um after I said that, I started to notice after that day that I would get a little bit of a whisper in me that seemed a bit different than the typical narrative in my head, the typical voice in my head. It was softer. Hmm. Uh, it was started tapping in. Yeah. And I just started listening. I started, I started listening to the little cues inside of me of like, go listen to this, go listen to this podcast, go read this book, maybe do this course. Right. And I just started to allow myself to follow these breadcrumbs, which I now realize was my intuition it was like, it came back on, like it turned back on, or for the first time I was listening to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really interesting because, you know, we've talked about it before, but our, our rock bottoms are obviously different, but also kind of our venture into like our spiritual awakening is. And, and what astonishes me so much with you is that you are completely alone in that. Oh. And I, I think in a control freak nature, um, even if you can't control the narrative, if you can see how someone else was able to navigate through it, there's, there's almost control in that because there's predictability and you didn't have any of that. Yeah. And I think like in regards to my own journey, because that's just the thing we do have our own paths and all of this, right. And it's never going to look the same for each person. For me, I had been so self-sufficient my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's, it, it had to happen that way for me is that I did have to find this new path on my own and do it all my own because it, if I had had somebody else there, I don't think it would have made me or forced me to trust in the universe and to trust in that spiritual guidance as much as I learned how to, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. But for you, like, so, so why don't you explain a little bit about yours? Cause our paths have been very different. Like our rock bottoms have also been very, very different for me. Uh, mine was a bit more, I'd say like a gradual explosion, like with a full rock bottom at the end of it. I didn't have the best childhood, at least with, with my mom. And she was pretty emotionally abusive and very like unavailable. You know, I felt very isolated and pretty alone in, in my thoughts, like growing up throughout my adolescence. And it's funny, I, I read this quote once that said, the things we lack in childhood typically becomes the, th- the things that we need and want in adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very interesting that coming from, from growing up in, in that environment, um, I always talk about this analogy of like building this life of perfection. So as much as I'm a control freak, I also a nice equivalent that was also a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, like building my life to be perfect in all the realms, whether that be my career, my marriage, my children, my friendships, whatever it would be, you know, being perfect. Like I got to put myself really high on a pedestal and up there, like I couldn't be sort of torn down. Like I was by my mom. Like I, I would feel valued. I'd feel loved. There was always this void in me. Like I wasn't ever fully happy in any arena of my life. Like there was always something missing, but I just felt, well, if I just add on the next layer of the perfect life, whether that's the nuclear family or then like the promotion at work, then I'll feel it. 
then I'll finally get to that place where I'm feeling good about where my life's at, but that just never came for me. And so in 2021, me being a perfectionist, control freak, I have everything sorted in my life, finding out that, you know, my marriage was starting to kind of fall apart, but again, not in my perfect world. It wasn't. So again, we layer on the date nights, the, the small little changes you talked about earlier that, you know, I'll just make a few little tweaks and then we'll patch, we'll patch up that, that Mm -hmm. I always think of it like building a building and like a few bricks fall out, but I'll just pick those right back up and I'll just plaster them, them back in. Well, in, in the spring of 2021, I found out that my husband was having like a full fledged affair with my, my best friend. And so like not just a couple bricks fell, but like the whole fucking building Mm. fell. Mm. It was the first time in my life where talk about a rock bottom. Like there was lots of mini shakes, few bricks falling, but again, being a perfectionist control freak, put them right back in their spot, back onto the same path. But this time the whole building had to come crashing down for me to really sit in it, like sit in the rubble of what this life was that I had constructed because it was so far from, I think, who I authentically was. And, and like you similarly, and I think this is also now where our paths sort of cross again, is I had literally no plan. I had no blueprint of how to fix it this time Mm. because it, it was so devastating it sort of ruptured into every area of my life that I couldn't rebuild it again. And that was the first time in my life I'd ever felt a sense of control. I'd been able to control the narrative in every aspect for 30 plus years. And this was the first time I had no answers. And so in, in similar to your story, it it was like a full surrender because I, I thought, you know, when you get married, you're like, Oh yeah, I would never never stay with someone who cheated on me ever. That was literally the thing I thought my entire life. But then when it happens to you, and then I, I literally lost the control of what I thought I would do. That was like really eye-opening. Like it yeah. just wasn't even a consideration for me. I was staying. It was just, how are we going to repair this? Yes. So it's just very, very interesting that you can have all these preconceived notions and until something really does happen to you, you have actually no idea and no control. <laughs> You bring up this really important piece. Well, a couple things that you brought up that I want to point out here is like, there is this moment when you're in that rock bottom. And I love that you gave the analogy of a building, right? Because truly like we build these houses Mm. our lives as houses. And, and sometimes they're made of straw or like, sometimes they're made of like this material that isn't going to hold up. through the really, really hard things that we experience in life, because that's the point is we're supposed to experience these things. But if we have a solid foundation, the house won't fall. Mm -hmm. And I think that solid foundation comes from doing the work, digging into ourselves, coming home to ourselves, right? And building that foundation. Um, And so I love that piece. The other piece I wanted to say about what you just said there, like, like you said, like you tried to put these band-aids on. It reminds me a little bit of how, like in my journey, I started to notice these like little nudges and whispers. This isn't working. This isn't working. Okay. So hmm, what can I do here? I'm going to write the gratitude list every day. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking wrote that gratitude list every day for like two years. You know what? Yeah. Gratitude's great, but it didn't fucking help me. <laughs> because you didn't authentically actually believe some of that stuff. Yes. Right. Yes. We get into it like if I just work out and I eat healthy and I write my gratitude list and I drink my cup of water, my life should be fucking perfect. Why isn't it? Because <laughs> you don't actually believe that. 
Yeah. Or there's something in you that's like, but is this really getting to it? Because again, like, yes, it feels good to do the exercising and to fill our body with good food and to write out that list of what to be grateful for. Those are really beautiful things that can really complement our lives. hundred percent. But if we're not getting to the root of why we don't feel worthy of why we don't feel like we deserve love of why we feel X, Y, and Z about ourselves, they're really just band-aids. Yeah. And I think that it's a very human uh, instinct to do that because to, it's like animalistic in a way mm-hmm. to have to go back there means you have to re-experience that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who hasn't experienced something that, you know, years later, they actually can't even remember it. Maybe it's like a relationship. They're like, I don't even remember what we were like together, or mm-hmm. it's a, a traumatic event that happens. They can't recall it. It's literally a human instinct to block it out because that causes you sadness, grief, whatever it may be. And so we have to kind of tap in though, to the, the soul piece of us and be like, no, no, we have to go back. We have to kind of re-experience that so we can reprogram it, heal it. Cause if not, I gave this analogy a while ago on my social media, but it's like baggage. Like you think you've, you've dealt with it, but you're actually just Mm. carrying it now on your back and you're adding a few more bags and a few more to literally you can't move anymore because you're so weighed down by it. It's unpacking that mm-hmm. back, that backpack. And, and it's not, it's not fucking fun sometimes. And, and like, you can put the stuff up on the shelves and put it away, but you actually have to sometimes look at it and like, oh. deal, and deal with that shit. Right? right. Yeah. I think maybe we should talk a little bit about sort of once you you're at that fork and you're, you're at that rock bottom, kind of like lying literally naked on the floor in quotations. Yep. Um, in the fetal position, in the fetal position, lots of tears and raccoon eyes. Right. Typically I feel like there's two choices, right. Which is one, we rebuild, we bandaid, we put the bag on our back and we keep walking and we reconstruct patch up the life we had and we continue going. And then we typically go back through the rock bottom over and over again. Right. Or the same patterns appear Mm. or there's like this other path and I feel like a lot more people are becoming enlightened, if you will, or spiritually awake and choosing that path. I think we should dive into sort of like what that looks like for people. And and maybe we can chat a little bit about our experiences with a spiritual awakening in quotations. This is about figuring out a whole new way of being. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you throw away your life. It doesn't mean you have to throw away that relationship or that job or, or that, or those vices, right? Like this isn't about being a perfect human. It's about reevaluating and and figuring out what isn't working here. And and how do I want to feel? Like I always come Mm -hmm. back to how do I want to feel? And and where is the disconnect, you know? Mm -hmm. What doesn't align with that? Yeah, like I think we have become, and like you said, we are starting to wake up more, but we are a society that has forgotten how to feel. Mm -hmm. And so it's about coming home to our bodies and allowing ourselves to feel again, albeit not always comfortable, right? Like it's not always going to be comfortable to feel, but this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like these rock bottoms occur because we have gotten so far away from feeling our, our authentic selves, feeling who we truly are and the things that we truly want, you know? Yeah. I even remember, um, for, for context, for anyone listening, Christina and I 
knew each other from high school, but like never were friends. And then we lived in the same neighborhood and we had known each other while we were living in the same neighborhood for close to three years before we really connected. And it was sort of once I went through my rock bottom, Christina venturing into this life coach business. And I was like, shoot, a kind of a problem. Maybe I should. (laughs) Just a little one. Like we're going to fully control freak our way out of this, but I think I'm just going to soundboard this off her for a quick minute. (laughs) And, and that's really where we reconnected. I remember in our first session, again, this shows exactly how on autopilot I was like majority of society, you know, we're digging into sort of my upbringing and obviously the circumstance that I had just been through. And you said something like, oh yeah. And like, did you, did you really dig into some of that stuff with your mom? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, I've dealt with that. So anyways. (laughs) Anyways, back to <laughs> the destruction of my perfect life. <laughs> and I remember you kind of like, okay. And, and I think you probably wrote a note, revisit. <laughs> and there's a saying, um, the body always keeps score, right? Everything is stored in our body. And how do we connect with our body? We feel. Right. And one thing that I have learned greatly is that my intuition is a feeling. You know, I think about to that, I think back to that moment when I was lying on the floor in that moment, I released my mind doing all the controlling and I, and I was just so, so open in my body that I think in that moment, I, I, I started to allow myself to feel again for the first Mm -hmm. time. And that's maybe how my intuition started to come through, you know, like I think about some of the biggest intuitive downloads that I've had and just some of the biggest moments where my intuition comes through, it is a feeling in my body. And so maybe we can add that to this piece of like, where do you go from here? You start to allow yourself to feel again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You start to build a connection with your body. Agreed. And I think you start by really looking at the situations maybe that have been recent and and how you felt in them, like you said, because we so quickly dismiss that. And then why was I feeling like that? And sort of trailing it back to sort of the root of that, which maybe it was something that happened in the past year, but maybe it was something that happened like to you as a child or an adolescent and you've been carrying it this whole time, right? And until we stop and feel like we can't actually dig that up to look at it and understand Mm -hmm. it. I was just having a laugh because I, not a laugh, but I do remember that session. And I was like, (laughs) when we were talking and I was like, um, what about like your relationship with your mom? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like I actually wasn't trying to cover it up. I really did believe like, oh yeah, I've done. like I went to like a counselor a couple of times. Like, yeah, I chatted. I think I wrote her a letter once, lit it on fire. It's good. Like I released it. I've forgiven. <laughs> I've forgiven. I am moving forward. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and that's a whole other podcast topic that we're definitely going to talk about is and, and don't get me wrong, like I have gone to some great counselors. I've also mm-hmm. gone to some that didn't work very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that yes, as good as it is to sit and talk through these things, we have to allow ourselves to feel again. We have to allow ourselves to feel again because yeah. it's in the process of feeling that we also can release. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking about release, because I think we're ending this podcast on like, what is a spiritual awakening? And mm-hmm. I know in my experience, when I began to go through that, probably around like the fourth session with you, like I was just going for coaching on, Hey, what do I do to fix my marriage? 
like just the way you spoke, what you talked about, your intuition, how you felt about the, I was like, what is she tapped into? What is she drinking in her water bottle? Like (laughs) I need some of that. I think you're so right though. Once you begin to tap in and feel, you begin to see what is not in alignment with really your intuition, like who you authentically are. And then your spiritual awakening can actually become a very dark place in your life Mm. because it's, it's this sort of metamorphosis backwards Mm -hmm. of of re-becoming who you are, you authentically are. And that release of relationships, ways of being, um, maybe it's things like your job, your career, how you're showing up. You literally began to, to almost question like, who am I? How am I feeling? How do I want to feel? Which sometimes are questions people haven't asked themselves their entire life. Mm. Yeah. You bring up a really big piece here. And this is because once your soul starts to come on board, it's always been there, Mm -hmm. but it's just been layered by the human experience. Right. And like, once we allow our soul more on board and we're starting to listen to those pieces and we're starting to allow ourselves to feel, it's almost like we get to this transitional stage of some would call this the dark night of the soul um, at the dark piece of your spiritual awakening. Like this is where you get a fight that starts to occur between like your soul and your ego, right? Because your ego is like, what? No, 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 no. This is what we've done the whole time. You're not switching this up. But then that's where, again, like you really have to hold space for your soul to gently nudge you through, right? Like, and, and, and this is where having a spiritual practice and doing some of these things of like allowing yourself to feel grounding into your body, you know, being out in nature, using cards. These are where all those beautiful little tools can really ground you through some of those really, you know, conflicting moments and situations where that ego wants to start to take control again. Mm -hmm. I remember us and and our girlfriend Brooks, and we were like, um, I was like, guys, I I don't think I actually want to keep going. Like I, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) And that was my ego because I thought my marital issues were my biggest problem. Oh my goodness. The amount of control I had to release on every area of my life. It's a scary place, but also very transformative and very healing if you can stick on that path. And like you said, do it slowly and allow that sort of intuition to nudge you along. Because I think the control freaking is who wants to understand exactly what's happening. Why do I not feel like I can just maintain mundane conversation anymore? Why am I all of a sudden not fulfilled in my job? Why am I, why am I having all these doubts about this and that? It's because you've lived, like you've said, you've unlocked your soul almost mm-hmm. and it's, it's ready to get right on board. And your ego is, it's like a tug of war. Yeah. There is a process where you do need to be able to hold space continually. Like, I don't think it's something that ever ends because Mm -hmm. we are human. It's not that we want to get rid of that ego because the ego has served a really important purpose our whole lives and it's created safety and been protective for us. But it's about, it's, it's about gently allowing the, the soul to start to drive the mm-hmm. car. Recalibrating like a balance back into yes. your life, right? Because we've become very ego driven yeah. and we almost forget there's this other side of us that can, can guide us along. Right. Yeah. And I like to think of it as integrating, integrating mm-hmm. the two, because it's not like we don't want to push the ego away. We want to hold space for it. Like a little child that's scared. Right. And, and the soul gets to be sort of that older parent within us. That's like, no, it's okay. We can do this. Like we've got this. And so it's like bringing them together and integrating. I love that. Well, maybe we should end off with just some 
guidance maybe for anyone listening who feels that, you know, they have experienced or are going through a rock bottom given COVID and the world and two years of it, more and more people are feeling this desperation for change in their life. And we chatted the other night about how COVID is really, it's, it's shitty, just all around it's shitty, right? But mm-hmm. I think what it's really done is it's stripped away all of those externalities that people used to bat- band-aid with, right? Or, or focus mm-hmm. on and put more of their time into. So having to sit with their own thoughts and feel their emotions, right? They don't have maybe the pub on Friday nights anymore. They can't go to the gym anymore. Like it's all these things that have kind of been stripped away from our lives and we're having to sit in our stuff. Yeah, I would say- holding space for whatever Mm -hmm. is coming up within you, Um, starting to build awareness around the things that don't feel like they're working, like they connect to who you truly are. Like just, just beginning to be aware of what doesn't feel good in your life. And this, again, this isn't about changing your life completely. I mean, for you and I, we've kept pieces, we've had to release pieces, mm-hmm. um, trying not to, to be scared because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Like when these things come up, we fight them and we resist them and we push them away because we're like, well, this doesn't work in my life. Like this is the perfect little life that I've created, or this is what I've done. And so like, this isn't going to work. So goodbye, rock bottom. You have to go over there, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's showing up for a reason. It's here to show you that something is not in alignment and it's for your most highest self to dig in. If you choose to take that on, because I mean, I I look at us and I look at a lot of the the people I've worked with, man, does life get so freaking beautiful when you allow yourself to go to some of these places. Yeah. Yeah. Like opportunities, right. As opposed to closed doors. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. And I think awareness is key, right? In like so many aspects of our life. And I'd encourage anyone to literally grab a pen and paper, a journal, and just start recording like how you're feeling, what's coming up in your life. You don't need to dig into it yet. You don't even need to understand it, but maybe, you know, you'll start to see some pretty interesting patterns come up once you actually devote some time to becoming aware of it, to noticing it. Right. And then that leads us down a whole nother path of tools, healing, inner child, you name it we're probably going to talk about it. Oh yeah, girl. (laughs) Oh yes, we will. So I would say just start to build awareness in your life. What's not working. Why Mm -hmm. is it not working? What do you want to be showing up in your life? How do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful place to start. Agreed. All right, everyone. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining. (laughs) Thanks for joining our first episode. Follow along on Apple podcasts and Spotify. 